Hey there, podcast listener out there in your messy studio of your very own. Uh, I just wanted to remind you to go to www.messystudiopodcast.com and click the donate button. Uh, This show is made possible by listeners like you, and every little bit counts. we got a lot of ongoing expenses here for hosting, uh, so we'd really appreciate even just small donations. So if you want to hear a shout out on the show, just go to www.messystudiopodcast.com and donate literally any amount. You can give us $1 a month and we'll give you a very sincere thank you because those little donations, they add up and they make it possible for us to produce this content for you. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about big frustrations. It's an all-too-familiar situation in the studio, a work of art that seems to fight against you at every step, making every day with it a struggle. It's so easy to become obsessed with a piece like this, trying to persuade it to cooperate just as you might with a stubborn person. It can feel like an exhausting contest of wills, made all the more frustrating by your awareness that you are actually fighting with yourself. Today we're going to talk about those pieces that make you want to tear out your hair or throw them out the window because we all know that feeling, right? With me as always is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Uh, and and this uh, post occurred to me because I'm going through this with something like like that right now. So uh, it's on my mind. And, you know, it sometimes really amazes me how angry I can get with a painting. Uh, I mean, I'm generally a pretty mild-mannered person. And, you know, I don't tend to yell and scream at people or anything like that. But um, it's just kind of strange how the painting itself can take on sort of a persona, even when I know it's my own thing that I made myself. Uh, It can seem almost like this entity with its own mind and negative energy. (laughs) I don't know. So I just kind of wanted to talk about like how to deal with that (laughs) today. I mean, you know, there are lots of times when whatever I'm working on can seem perfectly agreeable and cooperative and, and, and even that same painting, you know, the next day I could think it's going well, but then it's only faking me out because I'm all of a sudden I'm seeing, you know, for it for its true terrible self or something. And, you know, this kind of emotional up and down, I would say for me has, it has flattened out over time. I mean, with practice, you sort of understand this cycle, but, um, I still have those times, you know, when I, I just kind of lose my trust in what's going on, and and then it becomes um, a lot harder to to work through it and and resolve it. Um, this kind of strange dynamic when we feel like we're coping with something outside of ourselves, like this piece of, that we're working on is is like it has its own entity. <laughs> so. Um, I don't know, maybe we have to experience that side of things, you know, the kind of face face the monsters. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it just feels like you're out of sync with what you're working on and it's just not meshing with with what your what your attitude is or with what you're trying to get out of it. Yeah, I think I think that idea of 
of meshing is kind of right on because that's the flow state, right? That's when you, like, there's just this strong connection between whatever you're wanting or hoping for in the work and what's actually happening. Um, and then there, there are times, yeah, when you're just kind of out of sync, you just, you lose your connection, your sensitivity. And I, I always wonder, what is that? You know, it's, I sort of can tell if I don't have it as soon as I start working and um, as soon as I come into the studio. And sometimes I even realize it when I'm, because I typically start the day with a small work in a sketchbook and I can even feel it then, just just messing around with materials and, you know, well, literally making a mess. And, and other days I come in and that stage goes really well and I get something I like in a few minutes and that's usually kind of my jump start. Well, sometimes that doesn't happen. And, you know, maybe I should know at that point to just leave, but <laughs> I <Right>. don't. I don't. <laughs> I mean, um, there's definitely times when I, I find that I, I get started on my day and I'm really trying to be productive and get stuff done. And it's like every single thing is a struggle. And, you know, it's it's like nothing. Everything is taking twice as long as it's supposed to. And. You know, I I just am not feeling like I'm engaging properly with what I'm trying yeah, to do. You're just not on it. And, you know, I guess logically you might think, well, I didn't get enough sleep or something. But honestly, sometimes I just cannot really point to what that is. And it's just like whatever whatever I need to, to, to line up correctly is just not happening. <laughs> and I think when you're working on a piece of art, it's like this this thing you're working on turns into this actual, you know, concrete object embodying your your lack of being on it, your your lack of understanding, your lack of ability, whatever it is. And there's this thing like staring at you. <laughs> it's there's something really upsetting or dismaying about that. Um Right. And you can kind of put things aside and and work on something else, but eventually you need to be able to finish something. Right. And if you're having, you know, a pretty off day, it doesn't matter too much what you're working on, I guess. But, <laughs> you know, it's um, I really sometimes I think I'm doing more harm than good. Just leave. <laughs> um, but, you know, then then the other thing that happens, though, is I think I get into sort of uh, sort of an obsessive mode where I want to fix this. Right. And. Um, and you know, you will not be defeated by this. Painting. I will not. <laughs> and, and then it's just, it is this weird thing because you know, because you, you're kind of separate from this object that you're trying to create, you know, that the problem is in yourself. I mean, so it's like your inside and your outside yourself at the same time. And it's it can be quite strange, and and I think that I think the strangeness of that feeling contributes to the frustration. It's it's really not like a lot of other things. I don't know. I mean, you can get frustrated with you know your phone company or something, but it's like it's not you. Usually, it's them. Uh, this painting is you, and it's just uh, I don't know. It's a strange thing, and. And it's basically a challenge to yourself. And I think that's that's where you start to, if you accept this sort of challenge, um, even if you're upset, but you sort of say, okay, I am being presented 
with a challenge. There's something I'm missing. There's something I'm not seeing. Maybe there's something I'm avoiding, some change that I really need to make. And if you can kind of settle down and, and get into that idea, well, okay, it's a challenge. I have to solve it. You know, that's pretty helpful. I, I, I think that's the ideal way to work through this is try to gain some objectivity. <laughs> um, I mean, there are people, and, and sometimes I'm this person where I'm just calm enough to just say, okay, just keep working. Um, you know, no, no point in getting wound up emotionally about it. Um, and as I say, the, the more years of experience I have, the easier it is to get into this mode because at the basis of it is that trust, you know, trust in the process, trust, you know, this cycle happens over and over. So you, you recognize it, you say, well, how many other times have I worked through this? And it's been fine. Um, and sometimes that's a pretty calming thought and gives me the patience to carry on. Um, because really, you know, what, what I have observed over time, those paintings that really, uh, I'm saying paintings, cause that's what I do, but whatever artwork you practice, that work of art that's fighting with you, um, well, or you're fighting with yourself over it there's probably, it's probably kind of a threshold. There's something there that you're not, um, you're not tuned into yet. You're not seeing it yet. Uh, but there is a pathway. And once you find it, typically that painting becomes a very good one. Um, because it's a step, it's a, it's a change, and it's opening something up, and it can become exciting again. So, so I try to keep in mind that through experience, I do know that this happens. And it's interesting, because when I am uh, on the other side of, of the frustration, and, and um, the work has been done, and I'm happy with it, the next painting that I start, and that I get into it's funny. It usually goes really well. It's like, I get a break now. <laughs> but I think it's because something's been learned or integrated. And it may not even be like a conscious thing. Um, I mean, I always try to make things conscious and think about them. But there's things that goes on under the surface. And the next Yeah, painting. it's funny how we sometimes appreciate those difficult times and those those difficult projects and those challenges that we face in our lives in retrospect. But when you're in it, when you're dealing with it in the moment, it's still impossible to have that perspective. You, no matter how many times you go through it. I know. It's, it's still, strange. It yeah. still has this effect on you where when you're in the middle of it. It's strange. And sometimes you need other people um, to remind you that you've been there before and you will get out of it. <laughs> it's it's hard to get that perspective, um, you know, when you're in the middle of it. But somebody else can say, you know, you always get this way when la la la. <laughs> you say, yeah, you're right. I do. And then it gets better. Um, and that happens in life quite often. But I think, you know, it's really good to be able to recognize your own patterns with this kind of frustration because you you don't really see your way out when you're in the middle of it. Um, and I, I mean, I think there are definitely are ways to kind of work through this. Um, but 
when you're in the middle of it, it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> I think as you begin to learn how to deal with this, it becomes, uh, it's, it's frustrating, but it becomes less of a catastrophe. <laughs> if you haven't worked through it before and you're, you encounter a big challenge and you're struggling and it's not working out, then it can look catastrophic and like, I'm not really meant to be doing this at all, you know. Um, I'm well, and I'm, when you're when you're first starting out too, you just you tend to have a you, you tend to catastrophize everything a little bit more because you are you don't have that confidence. Um, maybe you don't have the financial security where you're you're putting money into this this thing that you're doing, and you're really hoping it's going to work out. Um, but you don't you don't have that experience of seeing it work out. And yeah. seeing it come together, and so it, it's it becomes a whole lot easier to feel like I should just give up on this. You know, I should just walk away. I should go do something else with my time. Um, you know, and and a lot of times we have people in our heads, in our ears, this whole throughout this whole experience who are telling you that that you need to, you know, go get a real job. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's uh, oftentimes these are well-meaning people who think that they're giving you good advice and they're feeding into the frustration. And right. it, it can be it can be very difficult to uh, work through that when you don't have that support network. Yeah, I think you're really vulnerable in those times. Like you say, somebody if somebody comes along at that moment and says, "Yeah, well, right, you're not doing very well here," um, it 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 could it could feel really bad. You don't have the perspective to say, well, well, I actually know this is going to work out. On some level, I know it, even if it's a little hard to access at the moment. <laughs> um, but that vulnerability of, of starting out, and, and the first time you're starting out and you run into something that is really not working, um, it's, it's pretty discouraging. Um, I, I know we see that with students, with people in workshops, uh, they work very hard on something, and it's just not coming together. And as an instructor, um, it's it's a bit hard because you you want to keep uh, offering them guidance or here's what to do next. And at the same time, once you get into that cycle of real frustration, you lose your control in a way. Like you're not um, you're not calm enough to make decisions really. And, and make good decisions. So it becomes oftentimes people just start, you know, throwing paint on something and it just gets worse and worse instead of being able to calm down a little bit and say, okay, um, you know, distance, a little bit of distance. <laughs> and, you know, I say all that. And, and as I said at the beginning, it's anybody at any stage can feel this. It's not just a beginner's issue, but I think you're right. It is more intense when you're starting out. Um, Real quick, I got to let our listeners know about what's new at Cold Wax Academy. Rebecca and Jerry are busy preparing new presentations for their spring quarter weekly live interactive sessions. The topics for spring are shape, scale, and proportion, and self-coaching to improve your work habits and productivity. As always, there will be plenty of opportunities to interact with Rebecca, Jerry, and other members, along with critique sessions, feedback about your paintings, and of course, a deep dive into the three selected topics of the quarter. 
Cold Wax Academy has been receiving lots of rave reviews from members. They know it is the best online learning for cold wax painting available and the only membership program dedicated to this medium. Find out more at coldwaxacademy.com. That's coldwaxacademy.com. All right, let's get back into it. So I guess, you know, uh, whoever you are, when you go through this, I mean, there are, I guess, there are ways to cope with it and and deal with it, it with a little self-knowledge that this really is a phase. It doesn't mean that you're a terrible artist, right? Uh, and, and one thing um, that people do, and as I said, I'm not particularly able to do this because I get a little compulsive, but one thing to do is just turn the thing to the wall, uh, work on something else, make that retreat, um, come back to it later. And this, I think that's really good advice. And I, I wish I could follow it better myself <laughs> because once I start to struggle with something, um, it, it it's hard for me to put it down. As you said earlier, I want to, you know, I want to fix it. <laughs> I want I have to solve the problem. Uh, but but if you're able to do that, I think that's probably the very best thing because you you get some distance on it. Well, and you you have to be able to do both. You have to be able to to walk away from something and relax for a little bit and get yourself in the right state of mind. And you also have to be able to power through. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, you just end up with a pile of false starts and you're not finishing anything. And I would say what I am able to do is leave it for a little while. You know, I'll walk away from the studio for an hour and go do something else and come back. I won't leave it for days. Um, right. But sometimes that's enough, that little break, it helps. What I tend to do when I have something I'm really struggling with is to approach it in a in a very bold way, in a in a way where I'm feeling sort of powerful about it. And I'm just making the distinction between that and what I said before, when you're just bent out of shape and you just start doing any old thing just to do something, you know. But I try to find this moment when I feel very decisive and very bold, um, and it can be kind of a cathartic moment. Um, so there's a little there's a little bit of planning there. There's a little bit of thought, like analyzing. Okay, what? What is really not working here? So stepping back, um, trying to do some objective analysis. Uh, for example, um, the one that I was mentioning at the beginning of the podcast that was that was annoying me, it had this kind of dull surface. Like there was a lot of good stuff going on, and I thought, and I'd been struggling with it for a while, and I thought, okay, I yeah, I think it's I think maybe it's done. It did that little trick on me. Then I come back the next day, I say, Oh no, no, no. It's just dull. It has no life to it. And then I started into this frustrating struggle with it. Um, and when I looked and looked at it, I hadn't really identified that that it was, it sort of was all middle value, you know, and I hadn't really seen that. So I'm looking at it and going, hmm, yeah, it, it needs some light. It just, it's just dull. And so then I go and get some pretty strong solvent, this um, citrus-based solvent that I use when I'm really, it's like the jackhammer of solvents, you know. <laughs> and I I started putting this on the painting, not covering the painting, but just in certain areas. And, and then as soon as I did that and started pulling the solvent off, which is just a reduction technique that I do, it's cut down through the surface a bit. 
and I'm seeing, oh, there's that light. There's that light that I covered up. It's in there. I just have to get back to it. And then that door opened, and I and I did resolve it. Now it's it's um it's much better. So, but it's like this this buildup of that frustration, and then you know really forcing myself to have some objective view on the piece. Even writing notes, I mean, that helps to and at least finding some pathway back into it and then being bold i mean that solvent was was a pretty drastic approach <laughs> because it it wipes out a lot um but that's what i wanted to do i just wanted to wipe out a whole bunch of stuff right you have to have the courage to make big moves you mm-hmm. know you can't you can't just be getting comfortable with with uh something that isn't really working and really i i think that is where the frustration comes from when you 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 know you fool around little areas you make little changes and every time you do that you think oh this is this is going to help this is going to fix it you know so you you add a little red or something and you know if the painting is fundamentally flawed like it's all middle value then that's not really going to do anything i mean it may make you feel better in the moment and you may see some slight improvement but it's not enough that the next time you look at the painting, it's going to be done. It's just there. I think when they get to that point where they're really they're you backed yourself into a corner or they are just a chaotic mess. You just need to make some kind of bold move. And, um, you know, it's a good feeling. I, I usually, even if it's not leading to something that I'm happy with, um, I feel happy when I do it. <laughs> it feels right. It's like, um, a fresh start. And frankly, there may be several of these moments in the course of a painting. Um, and then there's the one, there's the one that says, ah, this is the path you were looking for. This is good. Um, and as long as you've left so much stuff in the painting that you're trapped there, you're not going to, you're not going to make that move. Um, so you have to, I feel like for myself anyway, I need something new. I need to make something that's really going to change the painting. Um, so that, <laughs> I guess that's kind of my approach. Uh, I think it works for other people too, from from what I know, especially with the type of painting with cold wax, medium painting, where you can make these drastic changes. So um, anyway, I um, it's kind of funny because I was thinking about how like I said, you struggle with a painting. It usually, the ones you struggle with can turn out really well. The next one will be good. And after a while, you don't really remember, I don't really remember which ones I truly struggled with because you look back and you see this overall growth. And and I don't, there are paintings I know were sort of breakthroughs, but I don't really, you know, it's not like they're, they're somehow... Uh, changed in the way that I look at them because I did struggle. Uh, they they just become what they are when they're done. It kind of sounds like what you're saying is that for you, frustration is almost kind of like your your subconscious telling you that you've been playing it safe or getting too comfortable, and that it's it's time to take some risk and uh, do something exciting and different. Yeah. And that that's what keeps your work progressing and keeps it fresh. I think that's a good way to put it. Um, and, you know, it, I guess, it, you know, really paying attention to that 
that impulse and that inner feeling that, okay, you've tried and tried to make this thing work and you're feeling off, you're not connecting with it. So what does that mean? And it means probably that you're ready for something new because there is this kind of, even if we don't recognize it, a kind of boredom that sets in with things that we've already figured out. And that's another thing I notice is the ones that really fight with me, there's a little bit of boredom factor because it's like, it's maybe it's too much like the last three paintings I did, or maybe it's too much like something I did in the past. And I know those things worked, right? They, you know, the if I'm thinking it looks too much like something I did before, the things before were fine. They were good paintings. So why won't this one turn into a good painting? <laughs> but I, I think there is that little voice inside saying, okay, you did those good paintings. Now you got to do something different. Um, and it, it's, I guess maybe that, you know, that's an annoying, frustrating aspect of the creative cycle is it won't let you rest. <laughs> It won't let you just say, I know what I'm doing. Uh, I'm just going to keep repeating that forever. <laughs> so I guess, you know, back to the point that we all go through this to one extent or another, I think it is more intense when you're new to it. Um, and I think it's important to to realize uh, how universal this is. Um, and it takes it takes a lot of time and patience to shed whatever is holding you back. And so these times of frustration, I think, are, are catalysts, really. And they're saying, um, you know, maybe maybe you've consolidated enough of what you need to know to move, to move forward. And also, I think, to kind of recognize what your own strategy is, what what works best for you. If you can walk away for even a couple of days from that one piece, that's probably the best thing. Um, maybe you are able to turn to another painting and get involved in that. And then when you come back to the first one, you say, oh, now I see it, you know. Um, or or maybe that, that, you know, head on, full on, jump in, do something drastic approach that tends to be my my way. <laughs> do you have a a limit for how many projects you take on at one time or how many how many paintings you're working on at one time? Um I I don't have a conscious limit. Um I think, you know, I know what tends to happen is that I have one major piece that I'm working on and um usually off to the side, I've got some that are started so that, you know, when I want to work on something else, not necessarily out of frustration, but just, I like to keep a lot of things going. So um, the other work usually is, I usually don't have a lot of things that are at the same stage, let me put it that way. So there'll be things that are just starting. And those take a whole different um, type of energy. I mean, they're they're not at the point where you have to make these important decisions usually because I do a lot of just building up surface. And so, you know, sometimes I'll just build up some surface and that's that feels pretty easy and free. And then they always get more difficult as they're, you know, nearing the end. So I seem to be only able to handle one that's nearing the end at a time. Unless I have an exhibit coming up or something, then I sort of shift into a different mode. And the other thing is that I, I do like to have other media going at the same time. Like I mentioned, the 
uh, works on paper or sketchbooks that I do at the start of the day. Um, and that kind of thing, uh, maybe some printmaking, something else going on, that kind of thing off to the side where I might take a day to just do that is also a really good break from um, the kind of uh, banging your head against the wall that you can get into. <laughs> <laughs> You know, giving giving myself a break by doing something really different um, is is very healthy. Uh, I I think I need to do it more. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Yeah i I just want to say that I know how common this cycle of frustration and basically destruction is kind of this destruction uh, phase, and which leads to growth. I see that cycle in my own practice. And I know enough from seeing it in other people's to say, this is a really common dynamic. Um, and it doesn't seem like it gets talked about all that much. I, I think it's helpful to know that this cycle is, yeah, kind of universal. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know everybody's practice, but unless you're really, um, unless you're really following an absolute plan in your work, and some people do, they've got it all figured out, they're executing the plan. But if you're involved in this more um, process-oriented work where you're responding to your work as you go, I don't know how you can avoid this. Um, and so, um, you know, once in a while, it's it goes, I mean, I wouldn't say once all, often it goes really well, and, and you're, you're kind of in this flow state. But just kind of recognizing that this cycle is part of the creative cycle and on some level um, accepting it and, and saying, hey, if it weren't for that, I wouldn't be where I am. All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at www.coldwaxacademy.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.